0: uncertainty is certainly nothing new. I mean, the question can often be, hey, what is God up to? I mean, have you wondered lately? Like, does God still have the whole world in his hand, like the kids' song used to say? Well, I do. I think God still has the world in his hand. And here's why. Because one of the most dramatic moments in human history took place in what has been described as, what we know it as, the upper room. It's when Jesus and his men had gathered for the Passover meal, you know, the annual meal that Jewish families gathered to eat and to commemorate the night before the morning that the nation would be released from Egyptian captivity. It's a meal that's eaten to remember God's faithfulness after 400 years of seemingly faithlessness. 400 years during which the Jewish people lived as slaves, but eventually they became a nation. Now, I'm not suggesting that we should be quarantined for 400 years. No, I mean, seriously, no amount of learning about your color would help you through that. But I think 400 years of unanswered prayer, 400 years of harsh treatment, 400 years of life way worse than quarantine would be hard. But then at last, God sent a deliverer, Moses, who stood up to the most powerful man on the planet, Pharaoh, and he demanded to Pharaoh that God let his people go. And then we fast forward 1,400 years later, and Jesus is gathered with his disciples to commemorate that historic event. We just experienced it on Good Friday. But the disciples on that night are a bit distracted. I mean, things aren't going well. Their popularity has diminished. And and Jesus noted that they didn't even enter into Jerusalem that day, but rather they stayed in the countryside before entering. There was secrecy about what would happen on that night. Jesus hasn't even told them. And understandably, they all knew that there was a movement to have Jesus arrested. And Jesus kept talking about his death. And Judas was acting weird. And I mean, you think you've been around some weird people. I mean, Judas was acting weird. And certainly they had grown accustomed to what you know what was going on but now there were more questions and answers and they gathered for their annual feast and then things got even crazier Mark records this Mark's write down these these absurd events and he says this he says when evening came and this is this is where we just were on good friday Jesus arrived with the twelve, and while they were reclining at the table, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. One of you will hand me over. (laughs) And and since Jesus was really wrong, um, this really didn't come as good news. He says, One who is eating with me. And so they were were sad and disappointed. And one by one they said to him, I mean, surely not I. It's interesting to me that nobody asked in this moment, like, what do you mean? What do you mean someone's going to betray you? Or or who's going to betray you? Nobody asked those questions. I mean, I think they were maybe just hoping that it really wasn't going to happen. And they knew the moment that they started to head to Jerusalem that, that it's almost like Jesus had given up. It was like he was getting ready to walk into a trap. And so he continues, verse 20. He says, it is one of the 12, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go, which means leave, depart, withdraw, just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man, because it would have been better for him if he had not been born. That's rough. But most of what we find in Scripture was written in environments of extreme uncertainty. The Bible is filled with stories of people facing uncertainty and discovering that not only is God not absent, he is often diligently at work accomplishing his will in this world and in the lives of those he loves. And we're reminded that God still has the whole world in his hands and and we are challenged to trust him when it's hard to find him, hard to understand him, hard to manage him. And the story continues because we know the end of the story. The next few words have extraordinary significance, but they are completely lost on the 12 because of the situation that they're in. And so Mark continues as he continues to write this, this particular story. And he says, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread. I mean, it's communion. And he given thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take it. This is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. And now this, I mean, this foreshadows the event that will be celebrated for 2,000 years. It's like the building blocks of what the church begins to do. And, and as a result of this particular words, I mean, wars were fought with this, worldwide movements begun because of this, and it's, it's God's movement on behalf of the world. But it seems in the moment that everything is like moving backwards. It's getting worse. The news every day is not getting optimistic, but it's discouraging. And Jesus writes this. You will all fall away. Jesus told him, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Now, he uses this event because it's so dark. It's too dark for them to see or to find hope. And Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. I think Peter was thinking, I don't like this plan. I'm going to do something about it. But in the end, He was the most humiliated of all he fell away in the most humiliating fashion so here's the question that we must answer for ourselves as we face personal and national uncertainty is it possible that god is still active still accomplishing his purposes when there's no indication of his activity i mean is he active in your world and in our my world and in the world or is he gone and when everything seems to be going backwards and dark And your answer to that question will determine your response to our current uncertainty. And I think if we were to interview the disciples and ask them about their darkest hours, they would have begun in those hours. That's where they would have started, right in that moment. But with the clarity of hindsight, if we were to ask, hey, when did God accomplish His greatest work in you? It would have been those same hours. This was the beginning of three days of utter despair for the disciples. It was the culmination of God's redemption plan. And when life is uncertain, God is not because he has the whole world in his hands. And good things happen from broken things. And we can see this when God is working through undesirable circumstances. Even the ones we bring on ourselves, there's a sense of purpose and peace that can emerge. Now that won't get me a job, that won't pay my bills, it won't keep me in school or restore my 401k. It just won't. But it will allow you to maintain hope and faith in the meantime. It will allow you to go to bed at night with the confidence that God has not abandoned you. It will motivate you to be on the lookout for this grace and intervention. It will keep you from leaning in directions that only make things worse. It will will protect you from despair. So remember, when life is uncertain, God is not. He's still got the whole world in his hands. Now, I think that's easy for me to say. But when I talk to my friend who's dying of a terminal disease, which is not looking good, and I talked to him this week, and I asked him, hey, is all this true? Do you think God has the whole world in his, in his hands? And I said, how are you processing this? I mean, how are you handling your uncertainty right now? And he looked at me, and he said, faith. And I looked at him back, and I go, faith? Faith in what? I-, I wasn't trying to be mean or rude, but I mean, I just, I just wanted to be clear. And he says, faith in God. And I said, what does that look like? And he said, Whether I get healed here or whether I get healed in heaven, I'm grateful for each day that I have here. Each day is a gift, and I'm so grateful for my Heavenly Father to have that gift. And he quotes Romans, and he says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love them. And I said, really? He says, yeah, but sometimes it takes him a while. And this comes straight from the lips of one who knows firsthand that when life is uncertain, he says God is not. So when we wonder where is God and what's going on with the world and where is the world right now, I think we can say with confidence, even in our uncertainty, that it's still there. He still has the whole world in his hands. Can I pray with you? God, this morning, uncertainty is not new. Wondering when, wondering how much longer, not new. So God, this morning, we want to renew our trust in you. Maybe for some, we want to renew our trust or start our trust in you and try this out, that we would, maybe for the first time, put our trust in you and trust that even in the midst of national, global, personal uncertainty, that we can put our trust in you because you are faithful. We love you, Jesus. Amen.